Hello, and welcome to Let's Listen. This podcast arose from a fundamental belief, a belief that the greatest video game stories can stand toe-to-toe with the best stories on TV or in movies. For every Breaking Bad and Godfather out there, there's the GTA series and the Mafia trilogy. For every Westworld, there's Red Dead Redemption. For every Game of Thrones, there's The Witcher 3. For every Star Wars Episode 5, there's Mass Effect 2. Now if those names don't mean anything to you, that's totally fine. You don't need to know a thing about games to enjoy this podcast. You just need to be able to enjoy a good story. And that's because it's not the graphics or the gameplay that make a great video game story. It's the writing and the characters and the voice actors who bring them to life. It's the music and the atmosphere, and by stripping out the graphics and the gameplay, what you're left with is pure story and these immersive soundscapes. And that's what's at the heart of Let's Listen. My name is Sam Hillestad, and I'll be your narrator. Season one of Let's Listen tells the story of The Walking Dead by Telltale Games. It's a beautiful and heartbreaking story that's more about human relationships than about zombies. It's a story about family and loyalty, but it's also a story of betrayal and what happens to a person when pushed to the brink. It's my pleasure to bring to you this story for the first time ever in an audio-only format. This is episode one of Let's Listen. see a police car driving down the highway, the Atlanta skyline in the background. A black man sits in the back seat, handcuffs on, head down, looks like he hasn't shaved in a few days. The sheriff in the front seat is white, older, balding. He appears deep in thought for a moment and then adjusts the rearview mirror and looks at the man in the back. Well, I reckon you didn't do it then. Why do you say that? You know, I've driven a bunch of fellas down to this prison. Lord knows how many. Usually it's about now I get the, I didn't do it. Every time? Every time. We got what looks like a 1091 e near Peach Tree, exit 35. All cars have to keep on the lookout for a 91 e area. I followed your case a little bit, you being a Macon boy and all. You're from Macon, then? Yep. Came up to Atlanta to be a city cop in the 70s. Always wanted to work a murder case. Like that senatorial mess you got yourself mixed up in. With all due respect. A real shame, that is. Hell, the whole family used to be regulars at your folks' drugstore right in downtown. Still there? Sure is. Good. I got a nephew up at UGA. You teach there long? Going on my sixth year. You meet your wife in Athens? The man looks down, clearly does not want to talk about the subject. You want to know how I see it? Sure. He says sure, but you can tell by his face he just wants the man to be quiet. 
Regardless, could be you just married the wrong woman. He looks like he just wants to say fuck you, but what's the point? We see a whole caravan of police cars and SWAT cars and helicopters, and they're all going the other direction. I'm driving this man once. He, he was the worst one. He wouldn't stop going on about how he didn't do it. He was an older fella, big soft eyes behind a pair of smart folk glasses. And he just wailing back there. Says it wasn't him. Crying and snotting all over right where you're sitting. Are available for he turns the radio off. And before long, he starts kicking the back of the seat like, like a fussy baby on an airplane. And I tell him he's got to stop. That's government property. And I'll be forced to zap him otherwise. So he stops, and having exhausted all his options, he starts crying out for his mama. Mama, it's all a big mistake. It wasn't me. As he's telling this story, he keeps looking in the rearview mirror and gesturing wildly with his hands. Damn. Man? <laughs> Not even close. They caught the fucker red-handed, stabbing his wife, cutting her up as the boys came through the door. He sits in my car screaming bloody murder that it wasn't him. I think he actually believed in himself. At this point, he's basically not looking at the road at all. It goes to show, people up and go mad when they believe their life is over. He's just looking over his shoulder now. I got another good one for you. And then we see something in the road. This a bit less depressing and a bit more hilarious if I It looks like a person. Oh, this other time... to and see the world from a first-person perspective. Our eyes can't quite open, but we can see something moving outside the car. But our eyes keep closing, and the only thing we can really see is the blood in the back seat. He wakes up and the first thing we see is his leg. Thirsty. Ah! Fuck! My leg! It's bent out of shape, unnatural and bloody. Then he sees the sheriff outside the car. Hey! Hey, officer! Are you alright? I'm still cuffed back here! Why the hell did he have his gun out? He's sprawled out on the ground, not moving. Officer? A trail of blood behind him. Uh, that doesn't look good. He wasn't injected from the car. He realizes he needs to get out of this car. Uh, so he starts kicking the window. Uh, uh, he clambers out the window. And collapses on the ground. For the first time we see where the car landed. It's at the bottom of a small cliff in some sort of forest. He sees the sheriff's shotgun and tries to walk toward it. Slower now, and gingerly, he starts to limp. We get a better look at the sheriff now. There's a long trail of blood behind him, and his skin looks necrotic, vaguely green, almost like it's been decaying. 
man tries to bend down and pick up the shotgun. Looks empty. So he drops the shotgun. It'll be easier to carry with these cuffs off. He sees the keys in the back pocket of the sheriff, still on the ground, not moving. He starts to limp over toward him. Officer? God damn. Very carefully, he bends down and takes the keys. Shit. But he drops them. And now he has to bend over and pick them up right from next to the sheriff's head. But nothing happens, except that now we've seen his rapidly decomposing face. He gets one handcuff off, and then the other, but then his hand twitches. Officer. And then... The sheriff's once lifeless body lunges for the man's throat but misses. He starts to scramble away toward the cop car. Get away from me! He sees the shotgun and a shell right next to it. He grabs the shell. Then the shotgun. The corpse is moving closer now. He tries to load the gun. But he drops the shell. The corpse is almost on him. But he fumbles the shell again. Finally, he gets it loaded. Don't make me do this! He takes aim, and then... He shoots him right in the face. The corpse falls to the ground, lifeless once again. Man. His skin's all rotten and he smells like shit. What the hell is this? Further off into the woods, we see a vague silhouette of another person. Help! Go get someone! There's been a shooting! The person runs off, and then Lee sees something else. It's dark, and Lee can't quite make it out, but it's moving in jerking, spasmatic motions that don't look human. And then he starts hearing more of them. It seems like they're coming from every direction. Lee tries running away from whatever they are, but his leg is slowing him down. He trips, and he still can't see them, but he can hear them. He can even smell them. They smell like death, and they're almost on him. And then he sees one right next to him. Half of its face is missing, and its flesh is stripped down to the bone. Lee starts crawling away through the mud as fast as he can. More and more of them start coming out of the dark. Their mouths are gaping like they want to devour him. But then he sees a fence. If he can just make it to the fence and climb over it, maybe he can make it. He climbs over and falls to the other side. He hits the ground hard. Whatever those things are are still right behind him, right on the other side of the fence, clawing and scraping and trying to get through it. But then they hear something in the distance. sounded like maybe it was gunfire, but whatever it was, it distracts them and they go off after that, leaving him alone. And now finally he has a chance to catch his breath and see where he landed. There's clearly nobody around. Hello! 
Anybody. We see a tire swing, a tree house, a red wagon. He's clearly in the backyard of a classically suburban white picket fence house. I wonder if anybody's home. It certainly doesn't look like it. He approaches some sliding glass doors. Hello? Anybody home? I need a little help. Still nothing. No movement. No sound from inside. Hello? There's something going on. Screw it. I'm just gonna go in. Doesn't seem like anybody's home. Looking more than a little nervous. He decides to open the glass doors. Coming in! Don't shoot, okay? Ah! Hello? I'm not an intruder. Or one of them. Everything is dark in the house, and there's a large pool of blood in the kitchen. These people might need more help than I do. He starts to explore the house, and he sees a bowl of fruit. It's fake. Damn. It's an old-school landline telephone. The man walks toward it. Three new messages. Message one, left at 5.43 p.m. Hey, Sandra. This is Diana. We're still in Savannah. Uh, Ed had a little incident with some crazy guy near the hotel, so we had to get him back to the ER and have it checked out. Anyway, he's not feeling well enough to drive back tonight, so we're staying an extra day. Thanks so much for looking after Clementine, and I promise we'll be back in time before your spring break. Message 2, left at 11.19 p.m. Oh my god, finally. I don't know if you tried to reach us. All, all the calls are getting dropped. They're not letting us leave and aren't telling us anything about Atlanta. Please, please, just leave the city and take Clementine with you back to Murrieta. I've, I've got to get back to the hospital. Please let me know that you're safe. Message 3, left at 6.51 a.m. Clementine, baby, if you can hear this, call the police. It's 911. We love you. We love you. We love you. Daddy? Huh? The voice came from the kitchen. He goes to investigate. He opens a drawer and finds a walkie-talkie. Hello? You need to be quiet. Who is this? I'm Clementine. This is my house. Hi, Clementine. I'm Lee. You're not my daddy. No, I'm not. Where are your parents? They took a trip and left me with Sandra. They're in Savannah, I think. Where the boats are? Lee looks confused and nervous. Where are you? I'm outside in my treehouse. They can't get in. That's smart. See? Can you see me? 
I can see you through the window. A little girl peeks her head out of her treehouse and waves at Lee. Lee waves back, but then... <laughs> one of the monsters shows up right behind Lee out of nowhere. It starts chomping, trying to get at his neck, but Lee throws it off him, throws it against the wall and tries to run away. But he slips on that pool of blood in the kitchen and it's on him again. Lee kicks it in the face and tries to escape again. But it grabs his leg from behind and he has to fight it off. He kicks it in the face over and over again but still not dying. The little girl shows up behind him. She's holding out a hammer for him to use. He doesn't see it right away though. Eventually he sees it and grabs the hammer. We see a close-up of the mutilated face. An eyeball fallen out of its socket. Man. Cheek caved in, brains splattered across the floor. Hi there. The little girl sees it too. A horrified look falls across her face. Did you kill it? I don't know. I think so. Sometimes they come back. Have you killed one? No, but they get shot a lot. You've been all by yourself through this? Yeah, I want my parents to come home now. I think that might be a little while, you know? Oh. Look, I don't know what happened, but I'll look after you until then. The girl looks skeptical like she's trying to figure him out. What should we do now? And here Lee has a decision to make. He can wait for the sun to go down or look for help now. We need to find help before it gets dark. Yeah, it's not safe at night. Let's go. Stay close to me. Clementine looks up at Lee and grabs his hand, and they leave the house together, walking hand in hand. For the first time, we get a good look at the little girl. Clementine is her name. She has a white dress on, a blue baseball cap, and a muff of curly black hair under it. She has light brown skin and big brown eyes and a cute button nose. They walk toward the street, which is filled with broken down cars, and they see two men there. Oh, man. I ain't never getting home to Mama at this rate. This sucks. Oh, it's hot dish night. They seem to be trying to push one of these cars out of the way. They definitely don't look like one of the dead people. They don't look like bandits either. But before they approach them, Clementine wants to talk. What's the matter? Should I stay? What? I don't want to sleep in the treehouse tonight, but I don't know if I should leave. What if my parents come home? I won't leave you alone. Well, let's go somewhere safe that's close, okay? That's a good idea. So they take a risk and go to meet these new strangers together. Hey, man! Holy shit! Don't eat us! We're not gonna hurt you. Yeah. Thought for a second you and the little one were both gonna give us the chomp. The two of them are on edge still, but they relax a bit. 
We need help. Are you trying to get out of here? Because you should be. Those things are all over the damn place. I haven't seen anything as gnarly as this neighborhood since downtown Atlanta, 15 miles back. I'm Sean. Sean Green. Lee, this is Clementine. The other one kneels down to Clementine's level. I'm Chet. We shouldn't be out in the open like this. How about you help us clear the way, and we'll take you and your daughter out of here and down to my family's farm. It should be safer there. I'm not a dad. I'm... He seems at a loss for a moment. Just some guy. Some guy? Yeah. She's alone? He looks worried. Let's get going. Staying put for too long is a mistake. Lee looks at Clementine. What do you want to do? I... She looks back at her home and seems not quite ready to leave. But then... The monster's coming. We gotta go. Lee, quick. Let's go. Lee and Sean start trying to move the car out of the way so they can leave, but it's not budging. The monsters are closing in on them, but the car still isn't really moving. And then Clementine comes over to help. And finally, they're able to get it moving. They'll climb into the pickup truck, which is free now, and they get the hell out of there. For just some guy, it seems like you saved a bunch of lives today. They leave the monsters in a trail of dust and drive off into safety. It's nighttime when we see them again. They're driving through cornfields and past giant bales of hay. It's all very rural. Sean's driving with the window down and Chet's in the truck bed, seeming very relaxed during the circumstances. They pull up into this fenced compound with this beautiful white wood-paneled house in the middle and a red gabled farmhouse out back. Hey, Sean, I'm gonna run on home. My mama's gonna be in a snit. No sweat, man. I'll catch you tomorrow night. It was nice to meet you both. Chet walks off into the darkness, completely unfazed. And out walks Sean's dad. Thank God you're okay. Sean gives him a big hug. I was worried it'd be bad here, too. Been quiet as usual the past couple days. Well, Brecken down the way thinks his mare's gone lame, but that ain't nothing new. I wouldn't have made it back without Chet. Well, I'm glad you took him with you then. Sean's dad turns and looks at Lee and Clem. You've brought a couple guests. We, uh, need a place to stay. You're welcome to stay here, but just for the night. I don't run a bed and breakfast. So it's just you and your daughter, then? Oh, not his daughter. He's, well, just some guy who found her alone. Honey, do you know this man? She looks visibly nervous. Yes. Okay, then. Well, looks like you hurt your leg pretty bad there. Uh, yeah. It's not doing so good. I can help you out. Sean, run on in and check on your sister. You, take a seat up on the porch and I'll go see what I have. Lee hobbles up the stairs and onto the patio, his legs still looking like a bloody mess. Let's have a look. Yeah, this is swollen to hell. It hurts like hell. I bet it does. What did you say your name was? It's Lee. Nice to meet you, Lee. I'm Herschel Green. Herschel starts bandaging the leg. How'd this happen? 
car accident. That's so. Where are you headed before the car accident? His eyes shift back and forth for a second. I was getting out of Atlanta. The news says stay. Yeah, well, that's a mistake. We hit a guy. One of those things you've been hearing about. On the road. Who are you with, the girl? Nobody. Is that so? Yeah, it is. You said we, that's all. House is full up with mine. We got another displaced family of three sleeping in the barn. You and your daughter are welcome to rest there when we're done here. I didn't catch your name, darling. Clem... Clementine. Can't imagine what you've been through, Clementine. I'm looking after her until we uh, find her parents. Hey, Dad, so I'm thinking, first thing tomorrow, we gotta reinforce the fence around the farm. That doesn't seem necessary. I don't know what you saw on TV or heard on the radio, but there's some serious shit hitting the fan. I don't think anyone knows how big it is yet. Your son's right. You're gonna want to fortify this place. Stuff like that doesn't happen around here, Sean. Dad, I'm serious. Lee, come on. Tell him what you saw out there, man. I got chased by a couple of dead people. Well, do what you think you should. We got plenty of chores as it is. Lee and those folks in the barn can help out in the morning. We gotta do it. Really. I already said okay. Well, I'm all done here. It should start to feel better tomorrow. Thanks. If your leg gets hot or the swelling doesn't go down, you're probably dealing with an infection. What do we do then? We'll probably just have to shoot you. Lee looks terrified for a second. We'll clean it, redress it, and you'll be fine. Okay, that'd be preferable. There's blankets and such in the barn. We'll be seeing you bright and early. Come tomorrow, which way you think you're headed? Towards Macon, I suppose. Herschel nods and then turns around and walks back inside. All right, then. Now we see Clem and Lee in the barn, laying side by side, each with a sleeping bag and pillow. The floor is covered in hay. It smells like... Lee looks at her and starts to say shit, but... I know what it smells like. Duty. Lee cracks a smile at that. I missed my mom and dad. I bet, Clem. How far is Savannah? Pretty far. Oh, okay. Lee rolls over, drifts to sleep, and then he starts to dream. Get up. And here we meet a new character. He looks Ooh. sort of like what you'd think a trucker looks like. I'm itchy. Well, you slept in a barn, little lady. Lucky you don't have spiders in your hair. <gasps> but I bet your daddy scared them all away, huh? I'm, uh, not her dad. Name's Lee. I'm Kenny. Dad, we're in the middle of fence. There's a tractor and everything. We better get going or we won't hear the end of it. That's my boy, Ken Jr., we call him Duck, though. Duck is a gangly little kid with freckles, maybe eight or nine years old. Duck? Yeah, nothing bothers him. Like water off a duck's back, you know? That's a valuable trait lately. No kidding. But frankly, I think it's because he's dumb as a bag of hammers. Dad! 
but he makes up for it with enthusiasm. The word is you were on your way to Macon. My family's from there. Well, Macon's on the way, and personally, I'd appreciate the company of a guy who can knock a couple of heads together if he has to. Lee looks at Clem, and both seem a little unsure for now. Maybe. We'll see how things shake out with this Herschel guy. <laughs> Good luck with that. He's a hard ass. Honey, Duck, this is Lee. And, uh, what's the girl's name? Clementine. Clementine. That is a very pretty name. Thanks. Well, we should get to work. We've all seen what those things can do out there, so the faster we get this fence up, the better. I want to build a fence. Yeah? Well, I need a good foreman. You can sit on the tractor and yell at me whenever I take a water break. On the tractor? Cool! Duck and I will hop to it. Duck and Sean leave to get started on the fence. I can keep an eye on your little girl here on the porch. We can visit. Clementine joins the woman, presumably Kenny's wife. She's middle-aged, a little plump, dirty blonde hair, and a motherly air about her. Just sitting next to her seems to put Clementine at ease. You have such pretty hair. It gets lots of tangles. Hey there, girls. Lee walks up to them. How did you handle getting through the city? Kenny just drove. We passed so many people that needed help, and we just passed people over some. Just, just... It's okay. It's fine. You don't have to say anymore. I want to go home tomorrow, but even then I can't take away the things we... the things Doc went through. Don't you want to go back to the moment before you knew about all of this? Anybody in their right mind would. Families and barbecues and beers with good friends. All of those things. Those are the things we live for, right? With those gone, what's the point? And then Lee tries to lighten the conversation. So, uh, what do you do when corpses aren't walking around? I'm a veterinarian back in Fort Lauderdale. Like Herschel here, except more with dogs and cats and uh, not horses. What is it that you do, Lee? I used to teach up at the University of Georgia. We need to hope that we can go back to our jobs soon, Lee. Back to normal. It can't stay like this. Lee looks down, despondent. No, I used to. I was let go a little while back. That's too bad. Well, I hear people always clamor back to college after a big disaster. People don't want to die ignorant, I guess. That seems to cheer Lee up a bit. You two actually look relaxed. I think we're doing just fine. Clementine was just telling me about first grade. Oh, uh, how's that? It's easy. Well, yeah. So, you're good? Anyway, it's almost like we didn't see people eating each other for the past three days. It's peaceful here, no? Back in a bit. Okay, Lee. Lee walks around the farm, getting the lay of the land. It's a... Uh beautiful sunny day all around the farm is green trees it's all very pastoral lee walks over to duck the foreman who's sitting on a tractor how you doing duck good i'm gonna drive the tractor i'm the foreman lift with your back sean then lee goes over to sean hey lee need a hand that'd be great if you could cut those two bites to length that sure speed things up so lee picks up a saw and starts helping out my dad doesn't know how bad it is. 
No, he doesn't. I saw a guy in Atlanta kill a kid. A boy. Just shot him right in the face. Was the boy one of the walkers? I don't even know. He was either attacking the guy or asking for help. He didn't even hesitate. He just turned, put the barrel of the gun right between the kid's eyes, and pulled the trigger. You don't see things like that. It's not like in the movies. They don't fall like you think. Did you have to do it? Do what? Kill. Have you had to off one yet? Oh, uh... Lee puts his head down, concentrating on his work. Sometimes, it's kill or be killed. I guess. I don't think I'd sleep good after that. I'm just glad we're getting this fence built. Dad just wants to keep the family safe and thinks inviting people in is a bigger threat than whatever's out there. How about yours? How's your family? Lee exhales, visibly uncomfortable with the subject. My brother and parents are in Macon, I hope. Oh man, I hope so too. Maybe it's not too bad there. That's probably all I need cut for now. Thanks. So Sean gets back to work and Lee gets back to exploring the farm. We see Kenny working under the hood of his pickup truck. He's got a fishing shirt on, long black hair under a trucker hat, and an impressive handlebar mustache. Hey there, uh, Kenny. Kenny looks up from his truck. Need any help? No, I think I got it. Do you need any help? What do you mean? I mean in taking care of that little girl. You know what you're doing? You got kids of your own? He seems to seriously consider this question for a second. I think I've got it handled okay. As long as I keep her safe, I think I'm doing all right. With those things out there, maybe. Sure, that's enough. But you gotta ask yourself if you're the type of guy who can do better than that if her parents don't show up. I'll keep that in mind. So what's your family's plan? Get back on down to Lauderdale and let this mess get sorted out. Government will start handing out shots and the National Guard will do its thing. On the odd chance things got too bad, we could hop on my boat, I guess. You've got a boat. I'm a commercial fisherman, catching mackerel, dolphin, whatever's biting and paying. Katya wouldn't be wild about it, but the boat's not that bad. How's your son doing? Good, I think. Kachi's got a sister up in Memphis. We were coming back from visiting her. We were in a gas station and some guy grabbed my boy. I thought he was kidnapping him. I was on the fucker in about two seconds and... Christ. Just lucky I was there. We saw a lot of bodies before we stumbled upon Herschel's. But we're a tough family, Lee. Ain't nothing gonna phase us. Lee examines the pickup truck. It's not the most reliable pickup in the world, but it gets the job done. Lee sees Herschel Green, the farmer, working over in the barn, so he goes to check in with him. You should know that if you weren't leaving with Kenny today, I wouldn't stand for your lack of honesty last night. I'm not sure I follow. I ain't dumb. I caught you in that lie last night about who you were with in that car. And honestly, I don't even want to know. How'd you get out of Atlanta? On foot. I headed south and hoofed it out of there. That's a long walk. This farm's a nice plot of land. <laughs> Had you told me 20 years ago I'd still be doing this, I would have told you that you were full of crap. Never was a plan, having a place like this. 
It was in the family, and I guess so was I. Family's important. It's all that matters. You agree with that? Was brought up to, yes. Where's your family now? Parents? Wife? Girlfriend? My parents are in Macon with my brother. Well, I hope they're all right. But now you've got this little girl to take care of. Clementine, is it? You just stumbled up on her? Herschel looks quizzical. Yeah, I was looking for help in her house. Herschel stops working and gets a serious look on his face. Hmm. Can I give you a piece of advice? Sure. I don't know who you are or what you did, but you better become a better liar and fast. Let's say things don't get better back in the cities, or they get worse before they do. You're going to have to depend on the honesty of strangers if you're going to make it. And if those same people get to questioning yours, you're going to be in trouble. So whoever you are and whatever you did, keep it to your damn self. Then Herschel relaxes. But at least you have the common sense to listen to a man giving you advice. But then... They rush out of the barn. Go! I'll get my gun! Lee sprints over to where the shouts are coming from. And we see Sean's leg pinned under the tractor. And they are getting through the fence. And now, Lee can decide. He can try to save Sean, or he can go for Duck. It's a split-second decision. But Sean looks like he's in more trouble, so Lee goes to try to save Sean. Kenny runs up and gets Duck, and then runs away. Then the dead start breaking through. In the blink of an eye, they're all over Sean. And then... One of them bites him in the neck and they start eating his throat. And then Herschel arrives with his shotgun. I'm okay, Pop. I'm okay. I can fix you, don't worry. We'll stitch you up. It almost... Hell's got me, man. He tried to save me. I know, son. I... Herschel collapses over his son's body. And then he looks up at everyone else. Get out. Get the fuck out of here! Sorry. Sorry? Your son is alive. You don't get to be sorry. You tried to help him, but this piece of shit let him die. You can't blame Kenny. The hell I can't. You watch your back. We can kill us your daughter, and you need his help. Please, just go. Get out, and never come back. Herschel turns around and silently weeps over his son's dead body. Everyone else just stares blankly at each other. You've got that ride to make it if you want it. Thanks for listening. 
to episode one of Let's Listen. Next time, we're going to see what's happened to Macon, Lee's hometown where his brother and parents are. We'll learn more about Lee's mysterious past, and we'll meet a whole cast of new characters, one of whom you'll recognize if you're a fan of the TV show. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps people find out about the show. You can also find Let's Listen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can get in touch by emailing the Let's Listen podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Again, my name is Sam, and this has been episode one of Let's Listen. We'll see you next time.